0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Hopefully you had a nice long weekend. I enjoy mine. Uh, Hopefully you did something lovely and sweet. Uh, because, again, I think that's part of the reason we do this. Stocks have canceled the 2020 recession. Because stocks are doing so well, we may feel wealthy enough, and we may actually sell some stock, and we may actually buy a house or go on vacation or buy a car and stimulate the economy. Do you buy into that? That stocks can cancel a recession? The Dow, the SP 500, the NASDAQ trade at all-time highs today. We opened... I want to say a little bit higher than where we are an hour, hour and a half into trading. That's nice. McDonald's has a new CEO, and he's going to have to prove himself. No, the clown did not get fired. A different clown did. Easterbrook, CEO, had a consensual relationship with an employee, and that's not the way McDonald's does it. He's gone. $3 billion market cap pulled back. This coming at a time that's critical for the success or failure of McDonald's. I know you're saying, what do you mean? Well, they're going toe-to-toe to toe with Popeye's. Popeye's chicken sandwich finally returned to stores on Sunday. Fans across the country flocked to Popeye's stores to experience the culture of phenomenon. It's captured the attention of Americans across the United States. I myself think that it could only be a chicken sandwich. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it turns my stool to gold. I don't know. But there's long wait times and there's inefficient workflow. So the reviews are it's pretty freaking good. Tastes very oily and greasy. Oh Siri, how I love you. So Popeyes is going at McDonald's right while they're having an existential crisis. Don't blame them. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Should I focus on paying off a 401k? No, no. Should I focus on investing in 401k or paying off loans? You always service debt above 4% typically is the idea. 6% for sure. yes, depends on what type of debt you have. A mortgage debt, eh, I'm going to say spread it out between investing your 401k. But when you get free cash from a company, that 3%, you get free cash for sure. But how do you juggle paying off debt versus investing? It's one of the great conundrums of, I think you're always going to have debt, so you have to kind of learn how to service it and figure out which one's too high and too low for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Under Armour is plummeting. Forget the accounting. Their sales numbers are just bad, but they also have accounting problems, so you can't invest in it until it's cleared up. Berkshire stock. Old man Buffett. I kind of think of him as the villain from every uh, Scooby-Doo episode, right? I would have gotten away with it, you kids. Kind of looks like the guy who's going to pull off a mask and be a monster underneath or a younger man or something. Um, He's got a pile of cash. It was reported a ton of cash. Third quarter operating and earnings were up 14%. He pulled in $7.9 billion in income. So there's a big question of, if he has so much cash, why isn't he buying stuff? Why isn't he going out and saying, PG&E, you look cheap. I'm buying a big utility because people are always going to need power in the state of California. Because he doesn't like the liability on it. So he's keen to use his money wisely. He's got big holdings in Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Apple. Will he do buybacks that are increased? Will he go out and go on mergers and acquisitions? Will he say, look, utilities look cheap. I'm buying one. Will he give us a hint? Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. One thing that I don't look forward to about getting older is my attention span. I want it to be on love and people that I care about, not on taxes and deductions and Social Security withholding. going to do a big, event, a big event for income and retirement coming up. In Burlingame, you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's Newfocusfinancial.com. It is coming up Thursday, the 14th, at the Double Tree by Hilton. Last seminar of the year. Sign up at Newfocusfinancial.com. That's Newfocusfinancial.com. Google's Fitbit acquisition is going to get reviewed by the Department of Justice. <laughs> that's kind of the bad thing when you're that's the thing when you're a bad boy and you've been known to abuse your uh, client data or your users' data, (coughs) nothing's going to get by the government at this point in time. Uber is going to report tonight after numbers, and we've already seen Lyft having a very positive pricing quarter. Not a lot of promotion. Uber should have a nice quarter because Uber had a horrible quarter last quarter, and Wall Street took notice. Typically, when that happens, it's like when a football team gets humiliated. The following week, they get some of the the little things right. Uber Eats is a meaningful contributor. It's growing a lot faster than the company's core ride-sharing agreement uh, segment. So there will be some things inside of Uber that could get excited about, including cost controls or some growth, depending on which one the market wants to focus in on tomorrow. There's a fear of missing out trading that's going on. I'm at an all-time high in my portfolio. The fear is some guy's going to be sitting next to me today at lunch and go, hey, Rob, what do you think about the stock market? It's kind of like a roller coaster. I'm like, no, no, no. It's at an all-time high. Look at mine. Mine's at an all-time high. So, he may jump in late. There's kind of that thing that goes on. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, Wilbur, he says the companies might be able to do business with Huawei and get a license granted soon. As long as China's making good progress on their phase one deal, we're kind of seeing that maybe they can kiss on the way of the altar, so to speak, kiss and make up. Well, no big deal's done, but is that the strategy? Elsewhere in the news, I don't want to do Under Armour. I just feel like it's a stock that we want to avoid right now. Uh, too much competition in athleisure with Lululemon and Nike. And then, like, why do we need anything else? Under Armory, in this corner, we have the 180-pound pipsqueak who wants to become a heavyweight. I I, I like this story. But when Kevin Plank left as CEO, they kind of said, something's up. And then a week later, they're known for having a problem with their, their financials. There's some trust issues right there when the CEO goes first before the investigation. Um, like the, rat, the rats were told, get out, uh, and it's like, hey, but there's people down in the basement having breakfast. And the rats are all running for the sea the level. Under Armour still faces demand issues in a competitive marketplace on top of accounting issues. I can forgive one or the other, maybe, I can't forgive both. You have to be patient. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the area. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame. Not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. It's the last event of the year. I'll go over my expectations for 2020. Some stock ideas. CFP Chad Burkin will be presenting on retirement income, choosing the right accounts to draw from, social security, risking your portfolio, and much, much more. Sign up at robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton for a quick financial planning segment. Chad? Now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talking all things financial. In particular, we're going to bullet shot into wealth preservation and retirement planning. We do seminars on this very exact set of topics. Um, part of the word of wealth preservation, retirement planning is planning. How do you go about
1: planning and what does that look like, Chad? Well, you know a big step in planning when it comes to wealth management is um, determining how wealthy a person is and that's again how, relative to their expenses, how much wealth do they have? And I really need to sit there with a list of your expenses and your tax return. And, you know, I can calculate what the taxes are. My team can calculate what your ongoing tax issues are. We can look at age 70 when you're forced to draw money out of your IRAs. But I, I have to look at the expenses and your tax return so that I can look at what your, your overall tax bracket is. And it all comes into play because when I need to first calculate when I'm looking at building a portfolio and whether or not your portfolio is okay... I need to figure out how much you're going to draw from that portfolio each year. And so I need the expenses, I need a tax return, and I need your Social Security statements for you and your spouse if you're married, because all of that comes into play. We've got to do those things simultaneously to say, okay, we've got to calculate when is the best time for you to take Social Security. Maybe it's you take it, you file and suspend at 66 Your spouse takes a spousal benefit at 66, and then you both switch to your own benefits at age 70. Those types of things, it all comes into play when determining how much safe money you need, whether or not you're going to convert a little bit each year from an IRA to a Roth from 65 to age 70, and then how much you're going to be forced to pull out of your IRAs at age 70. It all comes into play to build that portfolio.
0: Now, there's a difference between, in the Bay Area is just a dramatic example of this, you and I typically historically would have thought someone, you know, think about retirement planning at probably 55 plus in that ballpark mm-hmm. range ten ten mm-hmm. 10 years, give or take. But sometimes in the Bay Area, people are wealthy enough at age 35, 45. Um, what are the differences with planning young versus the home stretch and maybe even super wealthy versus wealthy versus going to be wealthy?
1: right well it, when it comes to younger people you've got so many more years of health care expenses which are inflating at five to six percent and then so many more decades where things can return to the mean And when I say return to the mean, let's talk about inflation for a moment right now f- inflation is non-existent we have as much deflationary fears with the printing of money around the world as inflationary fears and being in this business for 22 plus years and then looking at history, Things return to the mean. So if we've had a decade or two of very low inflation, we'll likely in the future have a decade or two of very high inflation. The younger you are, the longer you're going to live off of your wealth, the more chances that you're going to have to to do that. So when you look at simulations of portfolios and and the idea of high inflation, low inflationary environments, building the portfolio correctly to get through those different types of scenarios and being flexible is, is really important. Um, being flexible enough to have you know, an idea in your portfolio where, okay, if, if we do get into an inflationary environment in my overall portfolio, I want to make sure I have exposure to commodities if we see inflation right now. Not that important. I want to have exposure to tips, treasury inflation-protected bonds if inflation comes into play. Right now, okay. not really attractive. So y- you just have to have a much longer-term view when you're younger and realize that the risks are higher because your portfolio has to live longer. 30-year-old. You know, if your portfolio is earning, you know, over the long run, 7 8% to be conservative, even though it could be more, it could be less. But let's say you run your numbers at 7%. Yeah. You know, you need to assume inflation's at 3.5%, which means you don't want to draw more than about 3% of your portfolio if you're in your 30s and you're wealthy. So that you have, your portfolio has to continue to grow until you're in your 60s and 70s so that you have enough money later in life as your income Needs will increase with inflation. So just longer-term projections and building a little bit more safety reserves in the portfolio. And that doesn't necessarily be more conservative, because when you're younger, you can afford to take more risk. Um, But also, younger people, Rob, I mean, if you retired at 30, if you remember that far back, right? Sure. If you remember that far back, if you would have had enough money to retire when you were 30, you wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I would be bored. I would want to do something else. Um, I'd want to build another business. I, you know, entrepreneur spirit. Obviously, I, I'm not going to just sit there idly. So I would have used money for other other investments. And and it's not just stocks and bonds. You got to accumulate other assets, rental properties, um, other businesses, and things like that. Really build a really good net worth that's very diversified. If I retired at 30. I would either have been
0: the most ripped, cut, best in shape guy at the gym. And or the fattest piece of poop on the couch, like yeah, I would have gone. So neither. it's either, yeah, either a meathead or some bingo wings. One of those two. Eh, I wouldn't have been a meathead. I would just been fed. <laughs> so that's my excuse. I don't have time now, right? Anyhow, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We always have events coming up. You can sign up for them at newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the new event at newfocusfinancial.com for Burlingame November 14th. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. I hope to see you there. Robert Schiller is talking about renting versus owning. And he's talking about how millennials should not be mowing the fact that they're not buying a home and that they're renting, ultimately giving them a lot more flexibility now. Interesting, right? Do you feel left out or do you feel like panicked and you want to get in, or you're good with it. Owning a home is expensive when you add in taxes and maintenance and utilities and insurance. There's a real negative rate of return for a lot of people. The homeownership rate for people under 35 has declined by 7 percentage points from a peak of about 43% in 2004 to where it is now of about 36%. A lot of millennials were caught up in the subprime mortgage loan mess, got in when they shouldn't, overbought. Do you feel lucky that you missed it, or do you feel like there's an opportunity? Do you feel stressed? Interesting questions. Jermaine Whitehead has been cut from the Cleveland Browns after threatening to kill a fan on Twitter. A player for the NFL has threatened to kill a fan on Twitter. My oh my, his mama needed to teach him some social manners. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me on newfocusfinancial.com. Big seminar coming up on the 14th of November. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I think I figured something out 20-plus years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. I saw that the markets kept hitting all-time highs on a pretty regular basis. I'm like, wait, wait. It's not a roller coaster. People don't lose money. Things don't go to zero. No, no, they do if you buy individual stocks. But if you're just playing indexes, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but you should be on the right side of positive unless you're doing something crazy wrong. Now, sometimes some people do things crazy wrong. They go through a divorce. And they get a lump sum of money, and they throw it in the stock market at an all-time high. They come back in three years, and they see that it's down 20%, they panic. And they throw it in the market three months earlier, three months later, could have been different. Who knows? But over time, that's typically a smart thing to do. Now, sadly, I want to say this. More and more people are going to need to work till the day they die. I want more and more people to start investing when they're earlier, so we can cut down on that statistic. More and people are going to work till the day they die. More Americans are working in their 60s and 70s than in the past. That trend is expected to continue. I don't mind having a waiter or waitress who's 60 70. I don't mind that. I think it's kind of cool. When I'm 60 or 70, I kind of hope I'm hustling on my feet and keeping my heart and everything moving right. I don't know if I want a massage therapist at 70 where their their bones are cracking and creaking as they're working on your crack and creaking bones. And I don't know if they're going to want to be able to do that kind of physical labor. 27% of workers age 65 to 75 have a job. That's up from 17% in 10 years ago. That's called labor participation. We've jumped from 17% of people over 65 to 27%. For those 75 and over, 8.7% of Americans still work at 75 and over. Now, again, some of it's just like working at Walmart as a greeter. And yeah, it's not you know a lot of skin off your back. You're not going in and putting in the nuclear launch codes and saving the world, which is good. Americans saving enough for retirement. And these two numbers tell you no. I think that's what's going on here. The average 60 to 70-year-old American saved only $194,000. So they're counting on that Social Security income to kind of offset things so that they don't have to pull off their teeny, tiny, puny $194,000. Now again, when you're 65, 70, if you're working at a golf course and you're getting discounts on your golf, great. I just want you to know what you're walking into. People are living longer. You, a lot of people won't be entitled to full social security benefits till they're 67. Working after 60, 62, 65, it can get kind of tricky. Your body may not put up with it, and yet your, your, your budget needs that income. One thing you can do when you're 50 and older, you can catch up on your 401k contributions. Typically, you could put in $19,000 a year for 2019. And I do that with my 401k. I do $1,000 a paycheck, $2,000 a month. You do the math. After eight months, it's about 16000 Then after, I'm like, Woo-hoo, I'm starting to feel good around September, October. It's lighting it up. But wait, wait, I can put in 5000 more. So I do 6000 more. So it gets me up to 25000 a year now. So, and that's, Typically, $1,000 a month for 12 months every two weeks, yep, that's 24000 So now I don't get that extra like last month or two where I'm like, wow, I got a little extra money in my pocket. I am mean, I'm, I'm spending it on my retirement. You can also catch up contributions in your Roth IRAs and your IRAs. And, and I recommend, you know, taking a look at some of the stuff, treat it seriously. I know people who spend more money on their sandals than they do on their more money researching sandals. More time researching sandals is what I want to say than actually spending on their own retirement plan and their budget. Google's $2.1 billion acquisition of Fitbit, which again, Apple's just killing it with a watch. A lot of people scratch their head like it'll never go. People won't pay that much. What do you mean it, it, it needs the watch to, it needs the phone to be effective? If you don't have one, you don't have the other kind of thing was the thought. But it's, it's caught on nicely. But Google now is in theory expected, they're picking up Fitbit. They're going to face a protracted regulatory review. And it's the last thing in the world that I thought would have happened. And it, it's, it makes me scratch my head because I'm like, isn't Apple winning the wearable device war? Don't we need competition there? Shouldn't this one be brushed through? I don't know anyone with a Google Watch. I don't know one single human being with a Google Watch. But Congress is going to look into Google and whether they should be permitted to acquire more companies while they're already under investigation for the Department of Justice antitrust issues. So Google is telling the government, we're going to flex, and we're going to go out and buy Fitbit, even though you're investigating us for other antitrust issues. That's where the story gets some cojones, and that's where it gets some, like, drama. Google picked up DoubleClick in 2007, and that took about eight months to get through regulatory approval. I think you can expect another eight months here. Alphabet's Google is a leader in digital data. Fitbit would give it a lot of new data tied towards activity and health, which can be sold. Fitbit's got more than 28 million users, which is, it feels like 27 million too many. I'm kidding. I joke. I joke. I joke. But Apple's got 46% of the growing sector, and, and they're kind of dominating. And the question is, would that merger cut down on the quality of other competitors who might come to the table? And would Google be abusing its data privacy protections? Very interesting stuff, very, very interesting. So that's what you may not have thought was going to get a regulatory review, but it will. 800 516 1220 Beach calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Don't forget big seminar coming up, 14th. That's 10 days from now, roughly. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We're at the tail end, the last week of earnings season. There's earnings throughout the, every, every week, but there's a bulk of it in a three week period. And we're in that third week right now. The top stories of the day Balch Health beat top and bottom line expectations that's a big healthcare company under armor down 14% on news that their accounting practices are being reviewed mcdonald's down 3% after firing its ceo steve easterbrook for violating company policy by having a recent consensual relationship with an employee i read a lot of the news coming out of that one he was like my bad i knew was, uh, i knew better my bad I don't know. I was listening to an interview with uh, Trevor Noah, and he said it's really difficult being a comedian these days because every single joke you write, you have to run it now through, you know, obvious critics and censors. But then he goes, you have to run it through like a social media filter. And will the backlash be too much? Uh, I'm not a big social media guy. Just throwing that out there for you. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. I just feel more free without it. And again, I get it. Delta might end its process by buy Altalia. Fiat and Peugeot are expected to sign binding merger agreement by next month. Fiat and Pe- Peugeot. One of the very first cars I ever made was a Fiat convertible spider. I made two of them out of 16 barrels of parts. And they ran for about 200 days. And I got a really great set of tools for the future vehicle, for future things, because I spent a lot of money on the tools. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The TV market is a massive shift right now from traditional cable TV, which is considered linear, to streaming and over the top OTT. And it's connecting TV through the internet. From a recent Roku press release, advertisers today spend more than $70 billion a year on traditional TV. So the old linear TV, $70 billion is still being spent on it. The streaming services account for 29% of TV viewing, but so far have only captured 3% of TV ad budgets. As viewers continue to migrate to streaming, automated media buying solutions are expected to unlock more advertising investment into over-the-top services. So bottom line short, companies like Roku and companies that are doing, like Hulu, that are doing advertising-based solutions for streaming, i.e. commercials, they've got a massive amount of pie to play with if the numbers continue to to migrate to their platforms. Madison Square Garden is hiring today after the New York Post reported that Silver Lake is seeking a major stake in the New York Knicks and Rangers ahead of their proposed spinoff. Madison Square Garden is a publicly traded stock, and it is considered to be long-term in value, in large part because the Rangers and the Knicks stink so bad that you're buying a sporting franchise that may bounce back. Big seminar coming up on the 14th. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. I'll see you then. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Interesting little press release comes out this morning, but it shows where we're moving as a society, in my opinion. Apple's going to give $2.5 billion to address the affordable housing crisis in California. Not sure how much it's going to help, but I'm glad they're seeing it. Tim Cook noted service workers and teachers are leaving the area surrounding headquarters at a rapid rate. If you don't have teachers and massage therapists and restaurateurs, you don't have a community. All you have is a bunch of tech engineers who go to work and come home and go to work and come home and and go to work and come home. And they don't make babies. They don't get into a community. I think you're going to see more and more like this. And, again, Mark Benioff is head of Salesforce. He clearly grew up in the area, and he wants to see tech companies do their part. Now, some people would say tech companies do their part because they're paying taxes. Maybe it's politicians need to like, watch what programs they're putting money into and not. Silicon Valley communities have put pressure on tech companies who have rapidly expanded, saying, you know, like, hey, you once were a small company in our community. And we were cool with that, but now you're a huge company and you're taking up a lot of our resources. You need to share. Google announced in July it'd give a billion dollars for affordable housing in the Bay Area. Facebook gave up a billion. Apple, two and a half billion. I think we're going to see more social movements by big these big companies. Why shouldn't it? Facebook come up with a, a high school or Oracle with a college? If they want the employees to get a perk, send your kid to a technology college, and maybe we'll get them a job. Certainly doesn't help, like, do we want Facebook to have a, a firefighter university? No, no, no. But these guys, it, it's just, it's a very difficult choice to leave behind a community. Do you call it home or not? So Apple's throwing in $300 million worth of Apple owned land for affordable housing. Apple's gonna donate 150 million to affordable housing fund. They get $50 million to address homelessness. I've been friends with some school teachers, and I don't know how they do it. I've been friends with firefighters, and I know they do it like with magic. A lot of them buy homes out in Tahoe or Truckee and commute three and a half hours for their three or four-day shift. The problem with that is when there's a big fire and there's a big earthquake and it's they're off-duty, they're going to be in the wrong part of the country. I said duty. Just throw that out there for you. 800 516 1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 to each calls on the air. The Dow Jones Industrial Lab, the NASDAQ, and the SP 500 all have hit record highs today. There's a thought that the trade war will eventually get done. I feel we've had a great year. I feel we're a little bit extended. I don't feel I see a lot of catalysts for extending it other than the end of a trade war. Trump could talk all he wants about tax cuts, but I don't think the Democrats are going to give it to him in an election year. Maybe, I could be wrong. Maybe. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Each calls on the air. In an email that I'm getting more and more regularly, and it, it just makes me sad. Gail sends an email says, "I've been unlucky with stocks. In 1999, I bought Cisco at seventy-two dollars a share in Nokia." Unfortunately, both stocks did poorly and I lost money. In 2009, my dad died. I inherited 612 shares of PG&E. The stock rose gradually to about $70 a share and then fires came. Today, my stock is worth $6.43. I didn't sell it after the first fire because I remember PG&E going bankrupt once before and it recovered. Since I make terrible decisions in stocks, I'm asking for advice. Should I sell it now or hold on? I won't hold you responsible and I figure no one can make a worse decision than me. Well, Gail, I've been talking about this for a freaking fragging year, two years. Ever since I made a huge mistake on air and someone said, Should I buy PGA? I said, I don't know. We don't know how much the bodies are worth. And instantly I caught myself. I said, Bodies, uh oh. And sure enough, it was right during the Paradise Fires. I'm talking about how many dead people are going to come out of a fire. And then you could start figuring out the math a dead person's worth 1.4 million or something like that in a court system. If you go out and get in a car accident today, there's a precedent for what a 35-year-old white guy who has a tech job at Google is worth. There's a precedent for someone, uh, a stay-at-home house mom. Lawyers know the numbers. They know what they can get. They know at what point in time a jury goes, whoa, 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 that's too much. So, Gail, I, I, I question whether why you're a fan. Why do you even know my number? Like I, I've told you for years, don't buy pg e and she bought Cisco at an all-time high, which she's probably done okay if she's got the dividends since then. But I don't know. And she bought no Nokia. And she, she flat out said she forgot the cost. But like, she doesn't even follow the stocks. She shouldn't be buying stocks! And she says she's been unlucky with stocks, but those are two – you know, Cisco is one of the greatest investment stories of all time. She shouldn't be buying stocks. She'd be buying indexes. And when you inherit like a, a stock like a PGE, don't think you know a damn thing about it because you don't. Don't think you can become an analyst. Don't think you can become a financial planner. Don't think you can do what I do. This takes work. Sell it if you inherit it. I've got a board op who, uh, he's a young man and he's fantastic. And let's say he inherits money. He's a young man and he's a board op. He's going to meet a woman, fall in love, and have babies. He shouldn't be buying individual stocks. And if you can label yourself as someone who's unlucky with stocks, you should be buying individual stocks. The moment you inherited that, she should have said, it's income, and sold it, because she can't babysit it. Some people, I've got a friend who, trust me, you not want to put him around children, not for any reason other than the fact that he's allergic to them, but some people shouldn't buy stocks. Today, we're sitting at a precipice of, of the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average's all-time highs. Your portfolio should be rocking, Gale. You shouldn't be asking questions like this. And it's, it's a little bit of tough love. What would I do with it? I'd sell it, because I don't know what a dead body's worth at this point in time. I don't know what the fire co- uh, worth is at this point in time. I don't know if San Francisco or San Jose is going to sue. I don't know what a lawyer's going to do, and I don't know what the courts are going to do. I know that the hedge funds are in it. I know that the the pension funds are in it. I know the shareholders in it, the the bondholders. That is not a fight that I want to win. That is like a divorce. You do not want to pick sides. It's like the Civil War. Nobody wins. Big seminar coming up on the 14th. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's in Burlingame. Use code radio25 to get in for free.